Welcome to LifeBridge Online. Whenever it is that you are joining us, we are grateful that you are giving us the opportunity to continue to minister you through this service. We are grateful that you're letting us come into your home. Whether you're watching this on the couch on Sunday morning with your family as you continue to, to social distance, or if you're riding to work listening to this, once again, we are we're grateful. We miss you. We cannot wait till the day when we are uh, able to worship together again. I do want to encourage you, if there are needs, if there's prayer requests, if there are things going on in your world, will you just reach out to us? Will you, will you let us know? Uh, we're going to do our part to be following up with people, to continue to follow up with families who are, who are distant. But if there's something going on, please don't hesitate to reach out to us to let us know. I want to give you a quick update about our Restore His House campaign that we are in. I uh, did get to meet with the painters this week, and it looks like we are about three weeks away uh, from painting taking place, and so that's going to drastically change uh, the, that, the look. Uh, we did get uh, uh, some ladies, got some new toilets installed into their restroom, and so I know this was a major need that needed to take place. So, hey, ladies, hey, take those Take those for a spin, right? It's it's the little things in life that, that bring us great joy. And so we're excited that those things are taking place. Uh, fascia, soffit, all of that's going to be uh, coming up in the next month or so. There's going to be some changes that will be being made to our foyer area as well. And so just a, a lot's going to be happening over the course of the next uh, two months. This doesn't happen, though, w without your generosity. This doesn't happen without your willingness to, to give, to trust God with your finances, to give sacrificially. And so I want to encourage you that, hey, we're, we're trying to raise $5,000 right now um, in this month, and that's going to cover all the things that I mentioned. We, we've, so far, we're at about 1,500 of that, so we've got a few more weeks, a few more opportunities to give. I just want you to pray about that, if you will. Pray about that and see how God is, is leading you to give towards this. Uh, you know, phase one is all about making some necessary maintenance repairs to this building. You know, we want to restore his house. We want to we honor God with what he's given us. And the way we do that in this situation is by the giving of, of money. So I encourage you to do that. I want you to also be on the lookout this week. Uh, as we strive to love others well, uh, last week uh, or last month, I'm sorry, we, we sent some stuff to our college students. This week, uh, month, we're going to be honoring our uh, military men. And so we're going to be sending out some information um, to support our troops. We're going to be collecting some things for care packages. So please be on the lookout for that. And then do, do your small part as we try to, to love other people well. All right, let's get into today, Wisdom from Above. You know, we, we are in week three of a sermon series on the book of James. Uh, today, we have a lot of scripture that we're going to be reading as we talk through this topic of wisdom. And so let's just jump right into it. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18 is where we are going to begin. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. 
But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. The Bible has a word for navigating the highway called life, and that word is wisdom. God wants you and I to live a life, to live our lives wisely. He wants you to make the right choices in life. I was thinking about this today as I was crafting this sermon. The number of choices that we have to make is just, it's unimaginable. We, we can't wrap our minds around the number of choices that we have to make every single day. What time do I wake up? How many different alarms do I have to set to wake myself up? When I wake up, do I pick up my phone and look at social media first or check the weather first? Or do I get on my knees and pray? Or do I do either one of those and I go to the restroom and I take a shower and I do those things? What do I eat for breakfast? It goes on and on and on and on. And here's the thing. God wants you and I to live wisely. He wants you and I to make the right choices in life. And there's a lot of pain or frustration that are common in our day-to-day living. A lot of this has to do with a lack of wisdom or poor influences that give us wisdom. There's a lot of chaos or suffering that takes place on a daily basis. Maybe it's just minuscule. Maybe it's annoyances. There's a lot that goes on that has to do because we have a lack of wisdom or we have poor influences that give us wisdom. And here's the thing about wisdom. You can go to college and you can get an education, right? You cannot go to college and get a degree in wisdom. Many of you know, and I I say this, Many of you know and have educated fools in your family. I mean, they have book smarts. They, they, they are smart, but when it comes to sense and it comes to making positive, wise choices that honor God, man, it's lacking, right? Wisdom is the vehicle that will get you to and from the destination called a successful life. You came to church this morning in a car or you, you've take, gone, taken a car someplace. You left your house with the goal of, hey, coming to church and the car brought you here. You, you, you had the vehicle. You knew the route. You got in the car and the car brought you to the destination. And so if you are desiring to live a life with meaning and fulfillment, A life with peace and joy, that's the destination. If you're desiring that, God has a car to take you, and that car is called wisdom. Now, we talk about that, but what is wisdom? 
If you've been reading a proverb a day like we challenged you to last week, then you know that Proverbs speaks of wisdom and knowledge and understanding frequently. Every chapter, those words are, are mentioned, and they're mentioned together. Wisdom is the skill of righteous living. At the heart of what wisdom is, it's all about developing the skill of living a right life that honors God. Wisdom is applying truth to everyday circumstance. And we're going to talk about truth in, in a few moments. You know, one resource writes, and I, and I love this when speaking of wisdom, that wisdom is a capacity of the mind that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. Now, I, I, I love that because it brings in God's perspective. Wisdom is a capacity of the mind that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. And so our passage today that we just read from the book of James says that there are two types of wisdom. It mentioned two types of wisdom. There's the earthly wisdom, verse 15 says, that is unspiritual and demonic. And I want to clarify something about these words, unspiritual and demonic. When we hear these words in our minds, we often think evil or sinister or, or wicked. We then compare those words against our own behavior, against how we live our lives. Hey, I'm not an evil person. I'm not sinister. I'm not wicked. And we tell ourselves that because we are not those things, then, then we must obviously have the second type of wisdom. But church, there's a major problem with that line of thinking. When James writes, but earthly, unspiritual, demonic wisdom, what this means simply is the absence of God's involvement. It's the absence of God. If God is not present, then that is evil. That is demonic. You can be a good person. You could be a genuine person. You could be a kind person. You could be a morally sound person and not have true wisdom. So don't, don't listen to this and don't read this and think, well, just because you are not some wicked, demonic person that you are living a life according to biblical wisdom. Wisdom. Don't fall into that trap. The second type of wisdom, James says, is wisdom from above. Look at verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. So as we think through this topic of wisdom and we wrap our minds around wisdom and what wisdom is, we need to know that there's two types of wisdom. A wisdom that matters to God, and then there's this, this wisdom that is earthly wisdom. It, it's unspiritual. It will always lead you astray. It will always mislead you and take you away from God. Proverbs 1, 20 through 23 is important for us today. It talks about wisdom. It talks about this, this 
wisdom from above and what it offers to us. Listen to these words. Wisdom shouts in the streets. She cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street, to those gathered in front of the city gate. How long, you simpletons, will you insist on being simple-minded? How long will you mockers relish your mocking? How long will you fools hate knowledge? Come and listen to my counsel. I'll share my heart with you and make you wise. Solomon wrote this, and of course he's known as being one of the wisest men of all time. And he had enough wisdom on his own to ask God for an abundance of wisdom. And so in this few verses, he's describing wisdom to us. He's describing what godly wisdom, wisdom from above, what it's doing for you and I. And he, and he, he says that wisdom, that, that, that she, and, and men, sorry, but wisdom is often referred to as being a female. We can debate that and talk about some of that later. But she cries out in the public square. She calls to the crowds along the main street. Wisdom is being personified here. And, and Solomon is saying to you and I this morning that wisdom is calling out to you and I in the very hectic and busy and chaotic life that we are living. Godly wisdom is calling out to you and I this morning. You know, and if those words hectic, busy, chaotic, disturbing... If those words, words describe you right now, then you need to know that wisdom from above is calling out to you. If you are not experiencing peace in your life, if there is turmoil surrounding your job or your family life or your marriage, then you need to know that wisdom is calling out to you right now and here's the beautiful thing when we answer the call later on in chapter 1 verse 33 it says that to all who listen to me and again this is speaking of wisdom but all who listen to me will live in peace untroubled by fear or harm if wisdom is the application of truth in everyday circumstances. Okay, that's what we're kind of summarizing this with. Wisdom is the application of truth in everyday circumstances. Tony Evans teaches that there is an equation for gaining wisdom. Uh, I've been studying a lot and reading a lot, and Tony Evans kind of has this equation that he puts together for you and I to gain wisdom. And so if you're in this place and you find yourself this morning, if you find yourself in a, in a world of chaos, in a world of, of turmoil, if that summarizes you, then you need to know that wisdom is calling out to you this morning. But there's an equation. It doesn't just happen. There's an equation that actually leads to wisdom. That equation is this. Knowledge plus understanding plus application equals wisdom. Now let me say that again. This is the equation if you're taking notes at home. Knowledge plus understanding plus application equals 
wisdom. Now let's start with the first component, knowledge. Knowledge, we must know certain facts in order to be wise. What is the basis of these facts? Where are we getting our information that is one piece of the equation? We, we cannot have wisdom without knowledge of some degree. Where are we getting our information from? Where is, what's the root of this knowledge? If the knowledge I am receiving is misleading or is earthly, then my understanding is going to be inaccurate. Therefore, my application will be off and I am not living wisely. I will experience chaos. I will experience turmoil. So I must know the source. I must have a reliable source of knowledge, of facts. The first summer that Amanda and I lived here with, uh, with Griffin as we moved to Alabama, we wanted to go down to uh, visit the Alabama Christian camp. Uh, we kind of got here late and our, we couldn't push it with our church and we had never been to the camp here in Alabama, so we wanted to go to it and check it out. And so I asked somebody that I thought I could trust, hey, how do I get there? And so they gave me the directions and the directions were, you know, to go here, go here, go here. And then the last final directions were given was that when we cross the bridge, we take the first right and then the camp will be down the road on the right. Now it's a long driveway, I was told. And that long driveway, as you wind back, it's going to actually take you to the camp. So we follow the directions. We turn everywhere we're supposed to turn. We get to the bridge that I mentioned. We get to the bridge. We cross the bridge. And we drive for a few minutes and we get to the first right. As we drove, we never saw a sign. No markings of the camp. We finally just kind of picked a, a driveway that looked like it was winding. That looked like it would take us to what we were hoping was the camp. And we took that driveway. Nothing. So we picked another driveway. And nothing. We picked a third driveway. Nothing. And after about 30 minutes or so of, of driving down wrong, wrong, long driveways, we finally headed into the nearest town of Rockford, um, had to go to the post office, and they were able to help us by calling the 911 call center, and we were actually able to get the correct directions. The knowledge, the directions, the facts given to us was from someone who at the time we had no idea had been to the camp one time before. Instead of crossing the bridge and taking the first right, we were supposed to cross the bridge and take the first paved road to the left. Then the camp on that then the camp would be on the left further on down that road. Where you receive your information is critical. As we're gaining knowledge, as we're gaining facts, where you get the facts from, where you get the information from, is absolutely critical. If the information we receive isn't the truth, 
then we will always be misled. Remember, wisdom is a capacity of the mind that allows us to understand life from God's perspective. And so if we are trying to understand life from God's perspective, then He needs to be the source of the information that we receive. Our knowledge must come from God. Check out these, these passages. I'm going to read through four quick ones. Psalm 119.160 The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. 2 Samuel 7, 28, For you are God, O sovereign Lord. Your words are truth, and you have promised these good things to your servant. John 17, 17, Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Galatians 2, 5, But we refuse to give in to them for a single moment. We wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel for you. Hey, these are just four verses that allude to God's word being truth. And there are several more. Psalms and Proverbs both are, are heavy. Corinthians is, has it mentioned a couple of times. There are several more uh, that refer to God's word as truth. And so the more and better I know God's word, the better my understanding will be, my application will be beneficial, and I will start making wise decisions. A lot of the problems that you and I have is that we have bad knowledge. We let other earthly devices lead us astray. We, we, we get our facts from, I don't know, our peers who get their facts from CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or, or whoever the case may be. We get a lot of the information that we have in our lives and we get this information from poor sources. We must be devoted to the Word of God. If we want wisdom from above, then we must have our knowledge base, our facts, what we receive, it must come from something reliable. And the only source that speaks the truth is the Word of God. And so you and I, as followers of Jesus this morning, we must be devoted to that. I'm curious if, if, if we asked you the question of where do you get most of your facts? Where do you get most of the information that you receive to make sound decisions? Where do you get that from? Is it a, is it a secular source? Or does it come straight from the Word of God? Because here's the truth. God's Word is truth. And it will never mislead you. The second part of the under the second part of the equation then is understanding. Look back at our James passage in verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you? 
James here in several places in the book of Proverbs ties wisdom to understanding. Understanding is simply what we are able to perceive. If knowledge gives you the facts, understanding helps you make sense of the facts. Knowledge will say, hey, hey, this is true. Understanding is being able to take what I know, that it, take what I now know is true, and determine what the appropriate actions are. All right, so let me, let me say that again. Knowledge says that this is true. Understanding is being able to take what I now know is true and determine what the appropriate actions are. Now, here's the thing. Just because I have proper knowledge and understanding, that doesn't suddenly make me wise. Just because I have, because I have knowledge and I have understanding, that does not make me a wise person. Let me, let me give you an example of this. Okay? Now, we can all relate to the importance of wisdom in managing money. Right? Knowledge says, again, what's, what's our source? The Bible, because God's word is truth. Knowledge says, I do not need to spend more than I make. It's a biblical concept. Understanding, then, is when I borrow money, mortgages, loans, student loans, credit cards, car payments, I am now a slave to that person or financial institution. Does that make sense to you? So knowledge is, hey, I do not need to spend more than I make. That's truth. That's what the Bible teaches us. We need to live within our means. Understanding is, hey, when I borrow money, when, when I take on a mortgage, when I have loans, when I use a credit card, when I, when I have car payments, I'm now a slave to that person or a financial institution. The average American... This is uh, some study that I've done recently. The average American household has credit card debt of over $6,000. Every month, they carry a balance of $6,000. The average American household has a mortgage of at least $197,000. The average American household has auto loans, get this, of $27,000-plus. And the average American household has student loans of $46,000 or more. That's the average American household. So based on our source for truth, the Bible, we are to live within our means. We're not wise. And I get the argument that some of you want to make about good debt and bad debt and the difference. And I, I get all that. But here's what we're trying to point out. If I do not apply knowledge and understanding, then I am not a wise person. I'm an informed person, maybe, but I'm not a wise person. And I don't know what the percentage is, but I, I know that the application is the hardest part of you and I living wisely. Application requires that we die to self. So knowledge plus understanding plus application equals wisdom.
Now here's the thing about this. The, the equation itself doesn't just magically happen. I, I, I'm not going to just start with one thing and add another thing and add another thing and suddenly get wisdom. There are a couple of other key factors that we need to consider when trying to live wisely. It doesn't just happen magically. Two factors that I want to share with you real quick, and the Bible speaks to these. So these are biblical, biblical principles. As we wrap this thing up, there are biblical principles that I want you to consider as you figure out for yourself about living wisely. The first is this. Fear of the Lord is critical. Fear of the Lord is critical. This is lacking for most people of faith. But Bible passage after Bible passage after Bible passage equates fear of God and knowledge and understanding and wisdom. And that we're not going to have wisdom if we don't have fear for the Lord. Now, fear is not I'm scared, but fear is I'm having, having a deep respect, reverence, awe for God's power and authority. And rather than causing someone to be afraid of God, a proper fear of the Lord leads one to love God. And desire, therefore, to be obedient. So I've got to have fear of the Lord. Look at Proverbs 9, verse 10. It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. That's the foundation. Wisdom is not going to be built in your life without the foundation of fear. We cannot have wisdom without fear of the Lord. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. Wisdom will multiply your days and add years to your life. If you become wise, you will be the one to benefit. If you scorn wisdom, you will be the one to suffer. And so I say that to you today, church. If you scorn wisdom... If you listen to this and you read these passages and you consider other passages in Scripture, and if you say, I'm going to scorn wisdom from above, then you will be the one to suffer. You will be the one to live in chaos. You will be the one to have turmoil surrounding your life. It begins with fearing the Lord. This deep respect and reverence for God has to be present in our lives if we are going to live wisely. The second and final factor that I want you to consider is found in James 1. James is writing, and, and we've already stated this, that he, he's writing and it's all about practical Christianity. And he's, he's telling us from a very practical point of view how to be successful in our faith. So as we talk about wisdom, know that this second factor, this second uh, factor that we're talking about is important. James 1 verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. So I can't ask God for wisdom and read and take 
facts and my information from him and my understanding and then my application and then do the same thing over here. I, 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 can't, I can't have multiple sources of where I'm getting my knowledge from. Does that make sense to you? James is like, hey, when you ask God, you must have faith in him alone. So that the only place you're getting your knowledge, the only place you're getting your facts that you're going to build understanding on, that you're going to then apply to your life, the only place this can happen is through your faith in God alone. He says, do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So many of you listening to this right now say that would that would. Uh, characterize your life. Hey, that's my life that, he, that James is writing about. It's being blown back and forth. It's a very unstable life. It's a, it's a roller coaster, if you will, of a life. And as, as you feel that right now, as you listen to this, then I want you to know that, that wisdom is calling out to you. God's wisdom is calling out, but you have to have faith in Him alone. He, the scriptures that He's given to us, can be the only source of our wisdom. Verse 8 of James 1 says, Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Church, if you're, if you're sitting here today, and your life is summarized by chaos. If there's instability, if there's turmoil, if you, you can't tell me the last time you've experienced peace, joy is fleeting from your life. And James tells you straightforward, ask for wisdom. So church, I, I pray now I pray now that you will act wisely making this decision.